And now let me share with you another big welcome. I welcome those that are online with us, as Jeff has already done that. Welcome you here from the Union Park community. I call it Union Park community for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, most of you probably only come here on Sunday mornings, but this is the place of God for Faith Lutheran Church, and we're thankful for that and to be able to gather here in worship. So we're entering the summer season together. As most of you know, I pray you had an outstanding week, a great memorial weekend as well. And as we enter the summer season, many of you realize that the time for Sarah and I is just this summer. We are here through the end of August. We're blessed to be in this community during this time. Although, please note, it's been cooler in Arizona. <laughs> What's up with that? We left summer in Arizona because it's hotter than, it's hot there. And now y'all have heat. I, I'm confused by it all. But I'm praying for rain. I pray you are as well. Get some rain and break some of this up. But we have this blessing to be here through the end of August as Pastor Brian is on sabbatical. He's being refreshed. He's learning. He's with his family. They're in Europe right now. So we're thankful that he's currently learning and growing, I am sure, and confident he'll come back in a very strong way. Many of you are aware that we're walking through the sermon series Pastor Brian set up for most of this year, Blessed to be a Blessing. Today's focus is on the New Testament woman named Martha, which Jeff already shared about. By the way, the only Martha in the Bible is the one we're going to look at today. Mary, there's plenty of Marys in the Bible. Really only one Lazarus. But Martha, the focus of today, there's only one Martha in the Bible. And that's important for us to realize as well. I'll detail that in a little while. Martha leans into this Discover Your Gifts book series that many of the life groups are in. And there's the book back at the welcome table. If you haven't picked that up, you can do so for free. And as we look at the Discovering Your Gifts and we make a connection with Martha, we're looking at the management theme. But before we read our focus talk, before we go any further, would you bow your head in a time of prayer? Jesus, we come before you this fantastic day. You've blessed us with this day that you call your own. Thank you. And because you blessed us with this day, may we continue to be a blessing to you and to others as we worship you, our Lord and Savior. Amen. If you've brought your Bible or your ha you have a smartphone, you can open the app and turn to John 11, 17 through 29. I'll get there eventually. As some of you know, I don't jump on it right away, but this gives you a chance to go to that. And as you find the focus text, I want to take time to examine this person, the character of Martha, and her family as well. We'll dig into that. In the Bible, we're blessed to first meet Martha in the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. So if you want to turn to that, you can. You don't have to. Luke 10 is an exciting and full chapter. Some of you may recall that in Luke 10, we see Jesus preparing, gifting, and then sending out 72 disciples. And I love this text. It's coming up on the screen. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Yay. <laughs> right? Maybe some of you have felt that way sometimes. If, if you're in sales and you make cold calls, sometimes maybe that scripture speaks to you. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. 
I know I felt that way back in the 1990s. I was blessed to start a mission church up from scratch. Sarah and I were the first two. Beyond that, we didn't know what would happen. But one summer in Arizona, Mesa, Arizona, I knocked on over 3,000 doors one summer. And at times, I felt like there were wolves out there and I was the lamb. And I was getting eaten up in a variety of ways. And sometimes in life that happens, we feel like we're the lamb being sent to slaughter. Sometimes even for some of us in our Christian walk, when we're trying to share the word with people, we're trying to exhibit good Christian behavior, we get attacked because of it. But with Jesus with us, we can overcome those things. So this scripture, go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves, is a great reflection in chapter 10. Additionally, in chapter 10 of Luke, we have the parable of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan is a famous parable that Jesus told. So famous that pretty much everybody across the world knows of that phrase, Good Samaritan. You'll have people that know nothing about Jesus Christ, but if you mention Good Samaritan, they have an idea of what that is. We even have laws about being a Good Samaritan or not being a Good Samaritan. The highlight of that parable, though, is Jesus asking us to show mercy, to be merciful. Then finally, in chapter 10 of Luke, verses 38 and beyond, this is the point where we have Jesus arriving at Martha's home. Let me share this scripture as it comes up on the screen. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. So Jesus is walking along. He's got his disciples with him. And he arrives at Martha's home. Don't brush over this. Martha's home. This is first century. Women didn't own their own homes in a traditional manner as we have today. Many women today own their own homes. We don't even think about it. But at this time, a woman is often referred to by the man they're with. Often it's everything about the male figure in the household. But here in this text, we see this simple Martha's home. We see this connection to her. And she had to be a strong woman, a, a manager, if she had this compound, this property, these people that she was caring for. I'm sure she had a lot of decision-making, project planning, task delegation, and high level of communication. Those are things that are in the workbook of Discover Your Gifts that talk about managing. Let me repeat those project planning, decision-making, task delegation, high level of communication. Almost all of us are in that ballpark in some area, especially those of you who basically run your own household. You know that those things are important. Some historians speculate that Martha may have been a widow. We don't have an indication of that in clarity of Scripture, but some of them believe that's the only way she would have got this large compound, this home, this property, and the people that went along with it. So no one knows for sure, but we do know that Jesus and his disciples, 12 of them most likely, arrived at Martha's home. And it was her responsibility as a homeowner to invite them in, to invite Jesus in, and show him proper hospitality. Why do we know this? If we go back to Genesis 18, so we're in the Old Testament, Genesis 18 it's something that the traditional Jewish people, Orthodox Jews, still uphold to this day. 
In Genesis 18, we see Abraham offering hospitality to what are called three wanderers. He takes care of them when they come to his tent. He shows them hospitality. Genesis 18 is one of my favorite uh, chapters in all of the Bible. Maybe if I'm at your life group or you see me at Panera Bread, go ahead and connect with me and we can walk through it and see how fascinating it is. But again, in Genesis 18 reflects caring for others, a sense of hospitality. And this is the basis for the mitzvah hospitality. Martha, being a Jew, would have extended this mitzvah, this, this command, this, this one of 613 laws that the traditional Jew would go by. She would extend this mitzvah of hospitality to those that would come to her, in this case, Jesus and his disciples. So the Jewish people, even to this day, would regard this mitzvah, the Orthodox Jew, as something that they had to do. So if a rabbi was coming to their home, they would show him mitzvah, as Martha did, because Jesus was a teacher, he was a rabbi. So she manages her household well enough to invite in 13 men, offer them a place to relax, offer them food. Does this sound like your home? Are you prepared to have 13 men just walk in? I know Sarah and I in our current setting would be, no, I don't think that is possible. But I do know if God would call Sarah and I to do it, he would equip us to do it as well. So back to Martha. And soon our focus text, if you're wondering. Martha's a single woman, as scripture tells us. She invites these men into her home. But she also has another single woman with her named Mary. Some of you are familiar with Mary. Verse 39 shares this. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Some would question Martha's uh, management of her family at this time because she couldn't even manage her own sister, right? Her own sister wasn't even helping her during this time. She's just hanging out with the teacher, listening to what Jesus had to say. So Mary, also of Bethany, isn't really following the, the household rules, per se. Verse 40 and beyond. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I'm wondering if you realize what I just read. There was something important there. I found out uh, some time ago, Pastor Brian highlighted this as well. Name repetition. It wasn't Marsha, Marsha, but it was Martha, Martha. And this is something that is a key a component in the Bible, especially in this passage, because it's a, a biblical rarity when God, or Jesus in this case, the Son of God, says the name twice. We only encounter it that I could figure out in the Bible four different times. Genesis chapter 22, we have Abraham in the situation he is uh, having his name repeated twice when he's with his son Isaac. The, an angel speaks it out to him and says, Abraham, Abraham. Then we have the call to Moses. We went over this from the burning bush in Exodus 3 a few weeks ago where Moses' name in verse 4 is repeated and God calls out to him twice as well. 
then we have Martha, Martha, and then we have in Acts chapter 9, Saul, Saul, Saul who became Paul. Those are the only four times I could figure out in the Bible where their name repetition. And it's so highlighted that there's only four occasions. And these four individuals that have their name repeated are outstanding in Scripture. Although Martha plays the smallest role of the four as far as the, the impact of all of Scripture. We know Martha is special to God, to Jesus, because of this name repetition. That's the indicator for it. Martha's a great hostess. Remember, she's managing to welcome 13 individuals, including Jesus, into her home. But we also know that like us at times, she and we don't have our priorities set properly. Sometimes the focus of this text that I shared is that about priorities. Sometimes we get busy doing other things in life. I know I've done that. So busy that I don't focus on what God wants me to focus on. So busy that I don't just be in God's presence to take time to just be still and be with God. I wonder if that's happening in your life now. It just seems like everything's so busy. Even though you may be retired, you seem like your calendar's full. You're so busy, you aren't able to give time to just be in God's presence. We have to remember that that's a proper priority, to be in God's presence. And sometimes we don't remember that we're blessed to be a blessing to others and from God. In this text we just walked through, we saw that Jesus' teaching contains a sincere compliment to Martha. Jesus wants Martha's company more than he wants her dinner. So think about that when you're having a dinner party. Are you so consumed by all of this work that you don't take time to be present with the people you've invited into your home? We often do that. We get busy in a variety of ways and we aren't present for one another, let alone for God. So this is a great lesson for us, being present with God and with one another. I ask you, if you're having trouble with that, about being present with God in particular, spend time in prayer. That's the best way to be present with God. Maybe it's just sitting in your chair at home and just contemplating upon the blessings God's given you or the opportunities that he will give you. Be present with him. Let go of meaningless distractions. Let go of things that, that really just push you away from the deeper relationship with Jesus and just be present with him. At this time, I'd like to read from the Bible our focus text that is found in John 11, verses 17 through 29. So if you have that, you can read along as well. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Verse 31, or 21, excuse me. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now 
God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. For many people, that means something different. I'll explain that in a moment. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. I'm going to stop right there. Wonderful words of God. And there's power in those words. Oftentimes, when I read Scripture, I'll blow through some chapters, some verses. But we need to be more present with God's Word and see where the power is. Verse 19 again. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Why did many Jews come to them? One rationale biblical historians talk about is that she was wealthy. She was the homeowner. We talked about that earlier. And most theologians would indicate that wealth meant that she had friends and people around her that would come and give her comfort. Back in that time, even in some Orthodox areas today, they hire professional whalers, mourners, that would come and support the family. They don't believe that was the case here, that professionals were co had come in to support them. They just had people in their life that would be present with them during this difficult time as Lazarus had died. We find comfort, I pray all of us, can find comfort with others when we go through tragedy. Maybe you've lost a parent as I have. Maybe you've lost a sibling, a brother as I have. I found comfort by being present with people during those times. Many of us have lost grandparents and some children. Finding comfort in being present with people is helpful. I would ask you, don't push people away during those times but receive them as God sent them to you to be a blessing into your life. When key people come alongside, we're comforted. That's what scripture tells us. Mary and Martha were comforted by them. In verse 20, we hear that Martha went out to meet Jesus. When I read that, I was wondering, now was she sitting at a window in a house and she was listening or peering out down the road just to see when Jesus would come? She'd have to have been doing that for a long time, right? Because Jesus didn't come for days. But when Jesus did come, she ran out to him. She rushed out to him. Martha meets Jesus on the road. And here's where I think that her, her management gift should come into play. But some would consider what she did that they weren't coming into play. She gets up to Jesus she thanks him. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. First, she hammers Jesus, right? Lord, if you had been here, 
I'm sure some of you that are married have had some words similar to this, not identical. I pray none of your spouses call you Lord. Uh, some of you may want that to happen, but that's not reality. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She hammers them right away. There doesn't seem to be any compassion in those words. It's, it's almost accusatory. But then she follows it up, so she pulls back a little. We see Martha managing to turn her emotions regarding her brother's death into a moment of faith with Jesus. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. That's a clear statement of faith to her friend, the teacher, the rabbi, Jesus. But it's followed up with Jesus saying, Martha, your brother will rise again. Right then I can sense that her heart would have went, but it wasn't the rise again like Jesus had planned that was in Martha's head. Martha answers the teacher, the rabbi, Jesus, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Martha, being a Jew, would have understood this resurrection differently than you and I understand this, this story. Because in the traditional Orthodox Jewish understanding, she was just parroting a prevailing principle that the Jews had, that when the Messiah comes, they're still waiting, when the Messiah comes, the resurrection of the dead will happen. So they're still waiting. But Jesus is present with Martha. Some Christian theologians believe that right in this moment, Martha realizes who Jesus really is, that he is the Messiah. She said, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. But then Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. And I am statement that's important. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus said to Martha. This is just one of seven I am statements that we find in the New Testament in reflection of Jesus' teaching. We heard an I am statement some time ago when we looked at Exodus and the burning bush. We heard God himself talk about I am. But this I am statement must have pierced Martha's heart. Who do you say that I am? And Martha responds with no hesitation. She said, yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. She got it. Right in that moment, the Holy Spirit must have been moving. Her heart opens up and she understands who's in front of her. The Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. So now she isn't thinking of that traditional Jewish way where she's waiting. She understands that the Messiah is present with her the presence of the Messiah, the Son of God. This is so familiar for us because we see that in other parts of Scripture. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, we understand Peter makes this confession. But what about you, Jesus asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Almost repetitious there. But Martha the focus of our Blessed to be a Blessing sermon series for today, knows that Jesus is the Messiah. Scripture tells us this, the Son of God. This seems, for at least for me, far removed from her complaining time with Jesus. 
about Mary hanging out at the feet of Jesus has seemed so far removed because she's recognizing now who Jesus truly is. He's not just a rabbi, not just a teacher, not just a healer, but he is the son of God, the Messiah. But I want to acknowledge that, and this will sound judgmental, I don't think Jesus filled Mary's heart completely. Not filled it completely. Because in John chapter 11, we hear these words coming on the screen. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, this is almost Jesus rebuking Mary. Remember, she's already said he's the Messiah, the Son of God, present. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? If that was me, I would have shriveled up. I would have went, oh yeah, not too long ago too. But sometimes in our relationship with Jesus, we falter. Even though we know it, and we've given our heart to Jesus, sometimes we take a step back, sometimes we falter. But we can bounce back into the arms of Jesus. That's a beauty of part of our liturgical service in a sense. We have that time of confession, that time of reflection, that time of absolution that we get to know that Jesus' arms are open and he wants us to re-engage with him. We can rejoice once again that we're called to be disciples. We're blessed and can be a blessing to others. I pray that when your faith or my faith in Jesus falters, even for a moment, that it's a very short time. It's just a very short time. So we can re-engage with Jesus. It was for Martha. We see just in the next chapter of chapter John, uh, John chapter 12, that Martha's back welcoming Jesus and some of his disciples. And this is the last time we hear of Martha and God's inerrant word. So the, the character, the, the connection, the story with Martha, Martha is very short in all of Scripture, yet very important. Jesus is back in Bethany at Martha's house. He's uh, being welcomed. That's part of that mitzvah I talked about. And with her brother Lazarus being present at that time. So that's a blessing. And of course, the younger sister Mary is there. This is just occurring six days before the Passover. So this is towards the end of Jesus' life. And this is the last scripture of this message that I'm going to give. I'm going to start wrapping this up. Here it is. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard and an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, this is a great biblical scene. It further highlights that she, Martha, must have been wealthy. Because Mary, the younger sister, is pouring wealthy people's perfume out. It's not something they just have on the shelf or, you know, in the medicine cabinet. This is noted as something that's pure and something that's expensive. And Scripture highlights that for us. One of the things we note here, though, Martha didn't object. You'd think of all the history of Martha. She'd go, whoa, whoa, Mary, stop it. At least let me do it. But Martha's objections aren't even there because her heart had been changed. But Judas's objections are there. 
because his heart hadn't been changed. He knew Jesus, but he didn't know Jesus. Even though he walked with Jesus for about three years, he still didn't understand what Jesus wanted in his life, in Judas's life. So we have the blessing of Martha, and we understand that this uh, perfume that Jesus praised her for sharing this significant gift as perfume for the day of my burial. Again, this smelly perfume point establishes that Martha must have been a strong woman, managing, running a household, taking care of assets, taking care of people, and welcoming Jesus into her home. She was able to bless him through this perfume. Now, I don't have any expensive perfume to pour out. Actually, I don't think I've owned perfume. I don't think Sarah has expensive perfume. It's just not something we do. But we do have our hearts. And that is rich. And we can give our hearts in fullness to Jesus, pouring ourselves out onto him, being at the foot of the cross, and admitting that he is Lord and Savior. And because of that, Jesus then takes control of our life and calls us into managing our gifts. Mary managed what she had, to the, or Martha, to the best of her ability. We're called to manage our gifts, to glorify God, to the best of our God-given abilities as well. So we're called to manage our talents. Many of you have talents that maybe have yet to be discovered. But when God blesses you with them, he'll highlight opportunities for you to share them. Dig into your gifts and allow those gifts to glorify God. Managing our resources so the benefit not only can happen here at Faith, but in the community, in our households, in our professional life. Use the gifts that we have to glorify God. Be moved by the Holy Spirit to grow disciples, not just locally, but regionally and internationally. Would you take a moment and bow your heads in prayer with me? Father God, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for blessing the likes of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Thank you that Martha managed her household and blessed Jesus and his disciples. Lord, continue to hold us and keep us so we can manage all that you bless us with. I share, Lord, in your mercy.